Welcome to Remote Works, an original podcast from Citrix. I'm Melanie Green. This season, we've been exploring the way hybrid work is affecting people's work lives. We've delved into the innovative ways companies are adapting to hybrid work and the challenges that remain for managers and employees. Today, why technology is the glue that holds a hybrid company together. At this point, it's become cliche. IT departments can have a bad reputation. So to be honest, uh, my general experience is that IT is something that is best avoided. If I ever get to a place where I think, okay, the next logical step is to call IT, I generally think, okay, is there anything else we can do other than that? Neil used to work at a media company where the main purpose of his job was to bring the news to listeners. He oversaw a team that produced a national radio show. Then the IT department implemented a policy that made it very difficult for Neil and his team to do their jobs. They were very concerned about viruses, which is a very legitimate concern. And they decided they needed to implement all of these filters onto the content and onto what people were accessing through their computer. There were bans on any sites containing content that could be considered not safe for work. Topics like violence, sex, gambling. At any other workplace, this would be a reasonable limitation. But in a journalistic environment, reporters and producers need to be able to research a wide variety of topics. It really makes it difficult to do journalism. A lot of journalism involves violence. And sex comes up not infrequently as well. So a producer would pitch a story on a restricted topic. And then... They would come back to me. The site had been blocked. They could not access any news. They could not access any sites. They couldn't access any statistics. It really impeded workflow. If a producer needed to access a restricted site, they had to fill out a form every single time. They then had to bring this form to me as the senior producer. I had to sign off on it. And then we there was about a two-hour minimum turnaround time for them to get access to this site. This is in a daily current affairs environment, right? We don't have a lot of time. The whole turnaround needs to be within an hour. Ultimately, the IT department thought it was doing what it needed to do to fulfill their security goals. But this policy wasn't weighed against the actual purpose of the workplace. At the end of the day, I think this was the part that was challenging, is it didn't feel like we were all mission-focused. Instead of supporting the work that Neil and his colleagues were doing and helping them solve problems, the IT department became a barrier, a challenge to either overcome or avoid entirely. And it didn't feel like we were all on the same mission there. And when they conflicted, they just sat there in conflict and there wasn't a way of resolving it. It never felt like they were on the same team. And that cliched structure where the IT department is an enemy to be avoided rather than an ally who can help you do your job better, that will be the downfall of any company. In the Citrix Work Rebalanced report, Safi Obedullah, the company's global head of value advisory, says that one of the fundamental shifts for the future of work will be IT departments prioritizing focus on people instead of just tools and technology. The shift to remote-first and hybrid work environments has meant huge changes for the way technology gets used in the workplace and the role that the tech department needs to play. 
Technologies that were nice to have before the pandemic became absolutely essential in a very short amount of time. Companies that were already enabling remote work setups with CTNA, that's Zero Trust Network Access, or VPN, were already ahead of the game. And if hybrid work is going to be a sustainable solution, leaders and workers alike need reliable technology that supports a wide variety of needs. Tech is the glue holding companies together. The right tech used in the right way enables employees to work in ways that work best for them. 64% of business leaders and 69% of employees believe that work technology can drive inclusivity through equal access and asynchronous team collaboration. We called up Elena Mitchell to talk about the crucial role that technology plays in the hybrid workplace. She's an associate professor and chair of information management and business analytics at Drake University. Her research focuses on the design, implementation, and use of information and communication technologies for collaboration, specifically in global virtual teams. She says, we're at a very interesting point in history when it comes to workplace technology. Yeah, this is really interesting. There's actually a recent study from Gartner that says the social and collaboration technology market is expected to grow to about $7 billion in 2024. And so I do think that this next decade is going to be really important for collaboration technologies and innovation. Right now, there are probably some gaps in things that people would like to have for their collaboration features that they don't have. One that I can think of with hybrid work specifically is there's not a great solution or common solution for how to tell team members, these are the days I'm going to be in the office and these are the days I'm going to be out of the office, right? We're seeing people like post this in their team's chat and say like, I'll be in Tuesday and Wednesday, right? Like figure out if you want to see me. (laughs) And so certainly having a better hybrid management system to kind of show like these are the days I'm here and these are the days I'm not and make that clearer would be really helpful. Yeah, it's interesting. We talk a lot about that in my small team about sort of how to collaborate and when to be in person and when not to be in person. Our research shows that 71% of employees say that work tech enables them to rapidly upskill, you know, get proficient in new tasks. 68% of business leader technology enables junior employees to be more productive. How does this tally with your assessment? I mean, that's pretty consistent with what I found in my work as well. The flexibility and productivity always rank at the highest levels of appreciativeness and like satisfaction. And everybody reports, I'm getting a lot more done when I'm working remotely than I was when I'm in the office. So that's a pretty consistent finding that I would say. I specifically remember speaking with one employee and he hadn't taken any time to digitize any processes, right? Like this is just the way that we've done it. This is the way we've always done it. This is the way we're going to keep doing it. And the pandemic sort of forced a digitization of processes that are better. That's so interesting. I actually haven't heard that one yet, or at least thought about it from that framework. Um, Huh. Okay. So I'm going to flip the script here. What are some of the access and equity concerns when it comes to technology? We've been talking a lot about the benefits, but after all, not everyone is able to have a home office set up or a dedicated space 
or even fast and reliable internet. Yeah, so we do know that there are gains from a hybrid work environment, right? There's lots of studies on this for women, for people of color, different generations, individuals with different accessibility needs. There's lots of benefits. And certainly there are some employees who are perfectly happy to set up their own home office. In fact, they would prefer that. There was one employee I was talking with, and he had set up a full TV in his home office, and he was using that as his main screen, and he had some side screens, and he was totally happy to be his own IT department. He was perfectly comfortable in that space. But that's not going to be the case for everybody. I mean, certainly there are some people who are overwhelmed by the idea of having to set up their own IT in their home office, or they don't even have a space for a home office. So it is going to be different different needs and different skill levels for these individuals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You know, it sort of makes me think, when you're at work, there are IT professionals who can help you out. And there was this very popular perception of the IT department as being antagonists of sorts. How common was this attitude? So with information systems, technology is always a key part, right? But that's not the only piece of the puzzle. The other two pieces are always going to be the people and the processes. Technology doesn't solve every problem. It's the process of how we're using it. And it's really the people that are using that technology. So it's important to remember it's not just about the technology. It is about the people. And you want to make sure that you have an IT department that supports and recognizes that. It always starts with leadership. So starting with leadership and accountability. The accountability piece is also important because it's what role you're allowing IT to be. Um, There's actually a maturity model, level one maturity of an IT department You know, they're basically order takers and they're very reactive to any problems that come up. But as you move up in that level of maturity, the second level, IT becomes a little bit more of a solutions provider and they're very active and able to, people are coming to them and they're able to solve problems and provide solutions. And as you get even to the top level of level three, that's where your IT department becomes a real business partner and they're more proactive in solving these problems. And certainly you can think about you know, some of the companies over the course of the pandemic that were more prepared for remote work is because they had IT working as a business partner and they were able to be more proactive and having remote support or having VPN access for all of their employees, like those kinds of things had already been set up and in place. Right. Okay. So talking about IT, You've just touched on this, but how has the role of the IT department adapted to be able to meet the needs of a distributed workforce? It definitely depends on the company, right? So that leadership piece is important. That accountability piece is important. I've heard from some companies where they've gotten to a place where their remote support is much better than their in-office support. <laughs> so, so that's that's sometimes the case, right? They've, they've now transitioned to a place where they're able to help people at home more easily and better than they are to help people in the office. So it can depend certainly on a lot of those things. I do think that it's important for the IT leaders and overall organizational leaders to kind of pay attention to what's happening there and listen to the feedback and make sure that we are allowing our IT department to solve these problems and be proactive and solve these problems. I've always been sort of blown away doing these interviews about how quickly IT responded to the needs of the pandemic, just in every industry from healthcare to your average company, and they did it all on a dime, you know? Yeah. Early on, there was a McKinsey & Company report that predicted that the time that it would take to transition to a remote workforce was like 450 days or something something obscene like that. And the actual transition ended up taking 10 days that companies were able to make that full transition. So really, 
really impressive, right? Because the technology is what's making this all possible. And so it is important to be thankful that we were still able to work. Mm, No kidding. What are some of the common ways that companies can fail in the implementation of a virtual workforce? And I'm thinking specifically from a technical perspective. I would say the mass adoption of virtual work hasn't been super successful. It hasn't really been something that we've observed. But but there are challenges for, you know, making sure that everybody's buying in and, and developing processes that are going to be successful. I do think that the next five years are going to be really important because hybrid work could get worse. Maybe we're not using the technologies. We're not connecting. We're not having any synchronous time. And so it could get worse. And if that happens, then all the gains that we made from using remote work and taking advantage of the benefits of that are going to be lost and everybody will go back to -to face-to-face work. And so that would be disappointing because we do have examples that show there are benefits from remote work. It works better for some tasks, just like face-to-face work works better for some tasks. And so it would be disappointing to have to revert back. And hopefully we can use these next five years to make sure that we are finding the right solutions. And it's not just having the right technology capabilities, but the right processes for how to use those technologies. You know, I'm thinking about this. And before at work, you could possibly have someone from the IT department sort of come in and take a look at your setup, figure out what's wrong. And there is still that human interaction. And I know we've talked about the importance of IT, but how can the IT department prioritize people as they're rolling out new tech solutions? Yeah, that human-to-human interaction can still happen in a remote support environment, right? The the remote support technology that we use at my university is the same kind of thing. Someone from IT logs onto my computer. We're talking the whole time. I'm watching the changes that are being made. So that still can happen, and it would be a risk for it not to happen. You know, one of the issues with cybersecurity is this idea of social engineering and, and you know, being true trusting and letting just anybody log on and drive your computer. And that would be not what you want to happen because then that's where you could have hacking and data theft and those kinds of things. So certainly that human to human piece is still going to be important. So what are some tips you can offer business leaders who are considering tech solutions for their employees in a hybrid work environment? Yeah, I do think this is a great question. I think that we always want to think about selecting technology choices that are easy to use and are accomplishing a goal that we have, right? We don't want to just pick a technology because everybody else is using it, or we don't want to pick a technology because it's new and fancy and exciting, which as an IT person, I totally understand. But we want to pick technologies that are solving our problems. So even about email as an example, email is such a disruptor to your day. You're getting so many different messages all day and, it, and it's breaking your flow, which is another thing that we care about. And so there are tools that will say like twice a day, send me my emails and those will be the two times a day that I'm looking at my email. And that helps to make a person more productive, allows them to be in flow and allows them to not be disrupted by email. If something needs to happen right away, maybe there's a different channel for that, right? So thinking about the processes and the way that we're adopting the technology is going to be more important than what the specific technology is. Elena Mitchell is an associate professor and chair of information management and business analytics at Drake University. So a people first approach is key when it comes to technology and hybrid work. And the tech company Gusto is all in on that philosophy. Gusto is on a continuous journey to 
improve what it's like to work remote and what it's like to work in hybrid. Edward Kim leads the engineering product management design and data teams at Gusto, a company that builds platforms to help small businesses manage their employees. We help them with all aspects of the people side of running their business. Stuff like payroll, benefits, and onboarding employees. Meeting and collaborating with his own people is a highlight of work for him. Actually, he used to be very skeptical of remote work. So I've always been a big believer of, you know, FaceTime and and in-person collaboration. When he first started Gusto with his business partners, he thought it was crucial that they all be in the same physical space. So he decided to move in with them, even though the house was full. There were like five or six housemates in that house. Uh, But I was really, really determined because this is so important to me um, to have that in-person collaboration as much as possible, maximize it as much as possible. So we moved into a closet. It was a walk-in closet and they were cool with it. I paid actually $250 or $300 a month, believe it or not. Edward eventually moved out of the closet and Gusto grew to expand from a San Francisco startup to establishing offices in Denver and New York. They also developed a strong pair programming culture at Gusto. That's when two software programmers share a workstation between them working on the code together. It's meant to encourage pure collaboration. How do you kind of create conditions where people could solve problems in real time? They can like get their creative juices flowing If they're having debates, they can have a deeper sense of empathy with each other when they're sitting next to each other. And so we had pair programming stations set up all around the office. Their expansion into other cities meant Gusto started to explore remote work options. But then the pandemic hit. All of a sudden, the magnitude that we had to be comfortable with this was just a step function higher. It was an order of magnitude higher. And I remember having a lot of concerns around very basic technical things like we're going to have 10 times more people on the VPN than we did before. We started to really invest in different tools, different culture, and different processes, team processes, in order to maximize as much as possible the things that we liked in in in-person collaboration. Trying to do pair programming over Zoom was proving to be a hassle, for example. It was incredibly slow. It was laggy. And then it also took up so much of your computer's CPU power that actually running your tests, which is very important for developers, took a really long time. We said, we're going to invest in this tool called Tuple, which is another software that's actually specifically built for remote pair programming. And it had a lot of the features that developers wanted. It was very lightweight, so it didn't take up as much of your CPU as, as Zoom did. And to Edward's surprise, Gusto's pair programming culture has translated really well to a remote work setting. The spontaneity, the kind of ease in which you can get a pair programming session started is the friction is just much, much less than in an in-person environment. In an in-person environment, you have to plan it out in advance because you have to book a pair programming station in the same way that you might book a meeting room. As Gusto grows and expands its offices and offerings, technology plays a central role connecting the humans using the tools. Edward thinks it's imperative for tech industry leaders to consider the human factor, while also remembering that they are in the business of collaboration and innovation. We know that this is the future of work. 
And that's the primary reason why we've hired this head of remote into the company. And this person is best friends with our IT team and our head of IT team, because those two things go hand in hand. The head of remote experience is helping Gusto design a sense of purpose for its employees, right from the very first push of the start button on their business laptops. About 50% of all of our employees at Gusto are, are remote. They're not coming into the office to set up their laptops, which is one of the first things that you do when you join a company, right? They're getting drop shipped a laptop, mailed a laptop to their home. And then that experience of like opening that package, you know, that experience when you get a new gadget, like a brand new Apple laptop and you unpack it and the packaging is so beautiful. And then you turn it on and it makes that sound and it smells great. Um, that's like now the first experience that an employee has at a, at a company or at a company like Gusto. And then when they open it up, all they do is they put in their Wi-Fi information and it starts downloading all the tools and apps that they need to get their job done. And while that employee is waiting for that to happen, it shows a video welcoming them to Gusto, sharing about some of the exciting things that are going on and a customer video on how Gusto has helped them and word from the CEO on why we're excited to have this new Gusty in the company. All that's not possible without the IT investing a lot in that setup experience in the, in the laptop, right? Remote experience is about more than just an unboxing moment, but it's important to the folks at Gusto to make sure every new employee feels welcome and invested right from the start, even if they haven't met any of their coworkers face-to-face. It's just one example of how Edward and his team are thinking about how their company can use technology to make the employee experience as good as possible. I think it's an important learning that we should always be open-minded and innovative and creative, not just in the products that we build, but we should always be pushing the envelope and trying new things when it comes to how we actually work together. For a hybrid workplace to thrive, the IT department needs to be allies, not enemies. Technology has to support the actual work being done and the mission of the company. IT leaders are embracing a more holistic approach where people come first. You've been listening to Remote Works, an original podcast from Citrix. I'm Melanie Green. This episode brings us to the end of this season. But if you want to know more about what employers and employees are saying about hybrid work, you can check out the Work Rebalanced Report published by Citrix. Visit more.citrix.com slash hybrid work report to learn more. Thanks for listening.